Hello, and welcome to another episode of Nostalgic Mystery Radio. I'm your host, Stevie Kay, and it's my honor to bring you the radio shows of yesteryear. For this episode, I bring you Agatha Christie's Miss Marple in A Murder is Announced, where the villagers of Chipping Cleghorn are summoned by a newspaper notice to the house of Letitia Blacklock, anticipating a murder game, but things become too real when someone is shot dead. This will be a five-part series, so sit back and relax, and I hope you enjoy this Nostalgic Mystery Radio. Thank you for listening. We present June Whitfield as Miss Marple in Agatha Christie's A Murder is Announced. I always find the personal column of a local paper completely irresistible. The frenzied appeals for domestic help, gentlemen who are looking for adventurous commissions abroad, anything considered... And so it was with great interest that while reading through the Chipping Cleghorn Gazette, I noticed among the cocker spaniels for sale and the reconditioned motor mowers and the ancient daimlers the following notice. A murder is announced and will take place on Friday, October the 29th at Little Paddock's at 6.30pm. Friends, please accept this, the only intimation. Murder game. That's it. Bound to be. Murder game? Yeah. Can be quite good fun. You draw lots. One person's the murderer. Well, nobody knows who, is it? And then lights out. Murderer chooses his victim, who has to count to 20 before he or she screams. And then the person who's chosen to be the detective takes charge. Questions uh, everybody about where they were, what they were doing, uh, tries to catch them out. It's a great game if the chap who's playing the detective knows a bit about the way of uh, police work. Well, like you, Archie. All those cases you used to hear when you were in Simla. Oh, uh, yes. Yes, I dare say I could give them a hint or two. Miss Blacklock ought to have asked your advice in setting the thing up. Yeah. Well, she's got that young um, nephew of hers staying with her. Patrick Simmons. Yeah. I expect it was his idea, you know. Funny way to do it, isn't it? Advertising it in the paper. Rather vulgar, don't you think? Well, they can rule me out. Oh, Archie, I do think you really ought to go, just to help poor Miss Blacklock out. The whole thing will just fall flat if you don't go along and make it a success. Well, I... Well, well, if you put it like that, Laura... hmm. I really do think that it's your duty, Archie. Hen house, Murgatroyd. Just, just take a look at this hinge. In the Gazette. <laughs> Daft, if you ask me, Murgatroyd. Well, yes, but, but what do you think it means? A drink. That's what it means. Oh, you, you think it's some sort of invitation? We'll find out when we get there. Best we can hope for is a glass of bad sherry, I expect. You'd better get off the grass, Murgatroyd. You've still got your bedroom slippers on. They'll be soaked through. Oh, oh dear. So they are. How, how many eggs today? Seven. That damn hen's still broody. I must get her into the coop. Why do we keep ducks like Miss Blacklock? Far more reliable. A murder is 
unannounced. It's a funny way to put it, don't you think? Probably all cooked up by Patrick and Julia. Where's that damned hen got to? Hey, come here, you brute! A murder? When? This evening, 6.30, at Little Paddock's. <laughs> oh, but you won't be able to go, darling. You've got all those brats to prepare for confirmation. Oh, it is a shame. And you do so love murders. I haven't got the faintest idea what you're talking about, Bunch. And I do wish you wouldn't call them brats. Well, that's what they are. But you'd better read it for yourself. There, among the second-hand pianos and the old teeth. What an extraordinary announcement. Not like Miss Blacklock at all. And it can hardly be that woman who lives with her. Dora Bunner? Mm. She's far too muddle-headed to plan a lunch, let alone a murder. No, it can't be her idea. It's probably Patrick and Julia Simmons. Anyway, I'll go and I'll tell you all about it. The game will be wasted on me, though, because I really don't like nasty surprises happening in the dark. I hope I shan't have to be the one who's murdered. I wouldn't care for that at all. You're such a frightened little child, aren't you, Bunch? I know, I'm stupid. You're not stupid at all, darling. Well, I'm not an intellectual like you. But I do like it when you talk to me about books and history and things. Tell me that story again about the old vicar who preached about Azuerus. Oh, but you know that by heart. Oh, just tell it again, please. Oh, very well. It was old Scrim Gore when he was at St Osmond's. He was leaning out of the pulpit and preaching fervently to a couple of old charwomen. He was shaking his fists at them and saying, Aha, I know what you're thinking. You think that the great Ahasuerus in the first lesson was at Xerxes the second. But he wasn't. And then, with enormous triumph, he was at Xerxes the third. <laughs> I do love that story. <laughs> I think you'll be exactly like that someday, Julian. Ataxerxes the third. By the middle of the morning, everybody in Chipping Cleghorn had read the advertisement and decided that they simply must call in at 6.30 to find out what it was all about. But no one was more mystified than the inhabitants of Little Paddocks themselves. But whatever can it mean, Letty? A murder is announced. And it says Little Paddocks quite distinctly. Mm. Patrick, is this one of your silly jokes? Of course it isn't, Aunt Letty. What on earth gave you that idea? <laughs> I wouldn't put it past you. Was it Julia, then? I wouldn't have thought so. She doesn't go in for jokes much. You don't think that possibly Mrs. Hayes... Philippa? I don't think she tried to be funny either. She's a serious girl, is our Philippa. But why? What's the point of it, Letty? I don't like it at all. Now, now, Dora, don't get yourself all worked up about it. It's just somebody's nasty, twisted sense of humour, that's all. But I wish I knew who. If it is a joke, it's a very spiteful one. It frightens me. And... It's frightened you, Letty. No, 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 nonsense. It's just some silly idiot trying to be funny. But it says today. Today at 6.30pm. What do you think's going to happen? <laughs> I can tell you what'll happen, Dora. We'll have half the village up here simply agog with curiosity. I'd better make sure we have some sherry in the house. I'll take a look, Aunt Letty. Oh, oh Lord. Miss Blacklock, I have to speak with you. Yes, Mitzi, what is it? Oh, I am come to give you my notices. I go at once. But why, Mitzi, what's the matter? Someone upset you. Why? I 
do not wish to die. I come to England because I think I would be safe here. And now they are coming to kill me. What on earth are you talking about, Mitzi? It is in the newspaper. See here. It says a murder here at 6.30. I do not wait to be murdered. But it doesn't apply to you, Mitzi. We, uh, well, we all think it's a joke. A joke? It is not a joke to murder someone. No, 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 of course not. But, my dear child, if anyone wanted to murder you, they would hardly advertise the fact in the paper, would they? You do not think they would? Then who is it that they plan to murder? Perhaps it is you, Miss Blacklock. <laughs> I really cannot believe anyone wants to murder me. And I am certain no one intends to murder you. Now... Perhaps you could start to make some cheese straws from that hard bit of cheese we've got left. I think that people will probably be turning up here this evening for drinks. This evening? But who should come here? Almost everyone who's read the announcement. I've had a look in the pantry on Letty. There's only about half a bottle of sherry left. Oh, well, oh, I should yes. think that ought to do. Oh, well, no, no. Not if Miss Hinchcliffe and Miss Murgatroyd take it into their heads to drop in. Now, uh, Julia said she was going down to the shop. Ask her if she'd mind getting another bottle of sherry. There's nothing like being prepared for the worst. Right, we've got olives and cheese straws and Mitzi's delicious little pastries. <laughs> do stop eating them, Patrick. There won't be any left. <laughs> now, what I think we ought to do is to move the table round the corner into the bay window. Now, um, would you give me a hand? Of course, Mitzi. Here we go. After all... I'm not really giving a party. I haven't invited anybody, and I don't intend to make it obvious that I expect people to turn up. <laughs> there. Yes, that should be sufficiently inconspicuous. You wish to disguise your intelligent anticipation. Very nicely put, Patrick. And I shall do my best to look sufficiently surprised when people just happen to drop in. Lassie, dear, isn't it time to shut up the ducks? It's getting dark. No, I'll see to it. Oh, no, 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 you won't. Last time you didn't lock the door properly and two of them got out. Why don't I go, Letty? I'll just put my galoshes on. Now, where's my cardigan? It's no good, Dora. She's gone. Aunt Letty's so efficient, she can never bear anybody else to do things for her. It's much better to let her just get on with it. Two large bowls of late bronze chrysanthemums were set out on a corner table and there was a small vase of violets. The new bottle of sherry was opened, the silver cigarette box was filled up, and the central heating was turned on. The inhabitants of Little Paddocks did their best to prepare for whatever fate had in store for them, while their neighbours made their way towards the house, looking forward to some kind of clever game that would enliven their rather dull lives. In the austerity of the post-war years, entertainment was in very short supply, particularly if you lived in a country village. Of course, none of the visitors who arrived on that grey October evening was willing to admit that it was the newspaper advertisement that had brought them there. <laughs> I hope you don't mind us dropping in, oh, Miss Blacklock. Just happened to be passing this way. I'm delighted. Oh, simply lovely. A glass of sherry, Mrs. Easterbrook. Oh, how nice. Thank you. Oh, uh, yes, it's kind. Thank you. Here are the ladies from Boulders. Ah. Evening, lady. Evening. drop in. I wanted to ask how your ducks are laying. Oh, they're perfectly fine, Miss Hinchley, thank you. Though sometimes I think they are rather more troubled than they were. Oh. The, the evenings are drawing in, rather, aren't they? I see you've got the central heating on already. You haven't got a fire, then? I mean, don't you normally have a fire this time of year? I think the chrysanthemums are... 
simply lovely. The Vicar's lady, Mrs. Howmon. Hello, Miss Blacklock. I'm not too late, am I? No, of course not. When does the murder begin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Julian is just frantic that he can't be here. He adores murders. Do have a glass of sherry, Mrs. Harmon. Uh, well, if it's going to begin, it ought to begin soon. Oh. It's coming up to the half hour. If? What do you mean, if, Miss Blacklock? <laughs> well, I'm as much in the dark as you are. I've no idea what... <laughs> Oh, the John the Light Shout! I don't like it, Archie. Where are you? Uh, just here, my dear. There's nothing to worry about. Stick them up! <laughs> Stick them up, I tell you! I, I wish he wouldn't shine that torch about. I can't see. What's he looking for? Oh, Eddie! Look, it's just a game, Laura. Nothing to worry about. Has anybody got a lighter? Yes, here we are. Where's the light switch? It's over here. It must be off at the mains, or there's been a fuse. <laughs> Who's making that frightful row? It's Mitzi. Somebody's murdering Mitzi. No such luck. <laughs> but it sounds as if somebody has locked her in. She must be in the dining room. I'll see if I can let her out. Uh, Patrick! Do you know where the fuse box is? In the passage behind the scullery. Right, can you find your way there? No, I've got a light. <laughs> oh, for goodness sake, pull yourself together, girl. I found the dining room candles. Has anyone got a light? Here we are. Hold them steady, Bunch. That's a bit better. Now we can see what we're doing. The blood! The blood! Miss Blakelock, you are shot. You bleed to death. No, 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 no. Don't be stupid, Mitzi. I'm hardly hurt at all. The bullet just grazed my ear. There's blood on your blouse. Well, it's just a nick on my ear. It looks much worse than it is. Oh, Letty, you're so brave. Oh. I, said, I said, could you bring the candles over here, please? I, I think we should take a look at our intruder. What's happened to him? Oh, he's covered in blood. Fellow must have shot himself. Is he badly hurt, Archie? I think he's dead. I, I can't find any pulse. He must have tripped himself up in this, this cloak affair and shot himself. It's difficult to tell without any real light. Oh, oh, oh. oh Patrick oh, must have found the fuse. Oh. Yeah. Well, that, that's a bit better. I, if I can get this mask off... He's quite young. It was just one of the fuses that had gone it. Good Lord. Letty. Letty, do you see who it is? It's the young man from the spa hotel in Medenham Wells. The one who came here and asked you to give him money to get back to Switzerland. And I wouldn't give him any. It must have been a pretext to spy out the house. Oh, he might have killed you. Oh. Uh, Colonel, do you think you could get Dora a little brandy? There's a decanter on the sideboard in the dining room. Uh, yes, of course. Right away. And Patrick? I think we'd better ring the police at once. And could you get me a plaster from the bathroom? It's so messy, bleeding like a stuck pig. Can't tell you how glad I am they've put you on the case, Dermot. Hmm. 
It seems a perfectly extraordinary affair, advertising a crime before you commit it. I want to hear all about it, if I'm not intruding, that is. Intruding, Sir Henry? It isn't every detective inspector who has a godfather who just happens to be an ex-commissioner of Scotland Yard. <laughs> I shall be grateful for your advice. Who was this fellow, anyhow? His name was Rudy Schertz, Swiss national, employed at the Royal Spa Hotel in Medenham Wells as a receptionist. And it was he who planted this advertisement? Yes, as far as we know. The man who handed it in answers our description of him perfectly. But surely the person who accepted it must have thought it a bit odd. I would have said that the adenoid blonde I had a word with is quite incapable of any thought whatever. <laughs> she just counted the words and took the money. Ah. And what was the idea, do you think? To get all the locals together at a particular place at a particular time and relieve them of their spare cash and valuables? As an idea, it's not without originality. Well, it's a possibility. I think there are indications that he might have been helping himself to quite large sums of money at the hotel, which he would have needed to cover before they found him out. Oh. But there are quite a few things that don't add up. Mm. One of the waitresses at the hotel, who he was quite friendly with, told me he was always talking big about how rich and important his people were in Switzerland, but he never seemed to have any cash. And what about the story of his coming out to see Miss Blacklock to ask for money? Is there anything in that, do you think? You'll have to wait until this evening to hear about that, Sir Henry. I've arranged to call at Little Paddock's this afternoon to take in the scene of the crime. You should have seen it last night, Inspector. Two little tables knocked over and the leg off one of them and a burn on one of the best pieces of furniture. Yes. People are so careless about these things. Luckily, none of the china got broken. Oh, sure, just... dear. Mm. All these things, vexatious though they may be, are really of no consequence. And I think it would be best if we let the inspector ask his questions. Thank you, Miss Blacklock. Now, perhaps we ought to begin with the dead man. Can you tell me when you first saw Rudy Schertz? My first encounter with him was about three weeks ago. Miss Buller and I had been having lunch at the Royal Spa Hotel. And just as we were leaving, this young man came straight up to me. Miss Blacklock, is it not, he said. It... He, he said that perhaps I did not remember him that he was the son of the proprietor of the Hotel des Alpes at Montreux, where my sister Charlotte and I had stayed for nearly a year during the war. And you didn't remember him, Miss Blacklock? No, no, I didn't. I had no memory ever of having seen him before. I tried to be as civil as possible and said I hoped he was enjoying himself in England, and he said that his father had sent him over for six months to learn the reception business. <laughs> it all seemed perfectly natural. And then? About ten days ago, he suddenly turned up here. He apologised for troubling me, but said I was the only person he knew in England and that he wanted money to return to Switzerland as his mother was dangerously ill. But Nettie didn't give it to him. It was all such nonsense. His father was a wealthy man and he could easily have wired him money. I was secretary for years to a very big financier and one becomes very wary about appeals for money. Yes, of course. The only thing that did surprise me was that he gave in so easily and went away without any more argument. It was as though he had never expected to get the money. Do you think that what he was really here for was to spy out the land? That's exactly what I do think now. He found some excuse to look into the dining room and when he was going, he sprang forward to open the front door. Please allow me, madame, he said. Mm. I think he just wanted to look at the fastening. 
Actually, like most people around here, we never lock the front door until it gets dark. And what about the side door? There is a side door, I understand. Oh, yes. Yes, I went through it last night to shut up the ducks, not long before the people arrived. Was it locked when you went out? I can't remember. I certainly locked it when I came in. So, he could have slipped in quietly while you were attending to the ducks, and since he'd already taken a good look round, he knew where he could hide himself. Yes, that seems quite clear. I beg your pardon, but it's not clear at all. Why should anybody go to all that trouble? All there was in the house was a few pounds in my drawer and a few bits and pieces of jewellery. It wasn't burglary at all. I told you that, Lottie. It was revenge. Because you wouldn't give him that money. He shot at you twice. Deliberately. Now, now let's get down to the events of last night. I'd like you to tell me exactly what happened. Miss Blacklock. I remember saying to the vicar's wife that if anything were going to happen, it would have to be soon. And then it chimed the half hour and the lights went out. Was there a flash first or a noise when that happened? I don't think so. I'm sure there was a flash and a crackling noise. And then, Miss Blacklock? The door opened. Which door? Oh, the door here. The other one doesn't open. Oh. The door opened and there he was, a masked man with a revolver. He said something, I forget what. Hands up or I shoot! <laughs> yes, something like that. And you all put your hands up? No, no, I didn't. It all seemed so utterly silly. And what happened then? Well, the, the flashlight was right in my eyes. It dazzled me. And then quite suddenly I heard a bullet whiz past me and hit the wall by my head. I felt a burning pain in my ear. It was terrifying. Um, and then the figure turned away and seemed to stumble. Then there was another shot and his torch went out and then everybody began pushing and calling out. Where were you standing, Miss Blackwell? She was over by the table. She'd got a vase of violets in her hand. I was standing just here. Actually, I think I was holding a cigarette box. You had oh. a very narrow escape, Miss Blacklock. He shot at her quite deliberately. He turned the torch on everybody until he found her, and then he held it and just fired at her. Yes. He meant to kill you, Letty, and when he found he'd missed, he shot himself. No. I'm certain that's the way it was. Tell me, Miss Blacklock, before the shots were fired, what were you expecting to happen? Did you think it was all some kind of joke? You thought that Patrick had done it at first. <laughs> Patrick? My young cousin, Patrick Simmons. He calls me aunt, which is why everybody thinks he's my nephew, naturally enough. And I thought the advertisement might have been an attempt at humour on his part, but he denied it absolutely. And you were worried, although you pretended not to be. <laughs> is there anything more I can tell you, Inspector? I think that will be all for the present. But I shall need a list from you of all the people in your household and all the visitors who were in the house at the time. I shall need to take statements from all of them in due course. Oh, yes, of course, Inspector. I'll write it out for you now. How kind of you to take the trouble to drop in, Dermot. Indulging an old man's curiosity. I just thought I'd bring you up to date, Sir Henry. I've received an offer of information from a most unlikely source. Huh? Came in the afternoon post. I think you'd better take a look at it. Hmm. I've seen this handwriting before. Like a runaway spider who's fallen into the ink bottle. Hope that I'm not trespassing on your valuable time, but I might possibly be of some slight assistance. Good Lord! Aunt Jane! I wasn't aware that Miss Marple was your aunt, Dermot. It's just my nickname for her, Sir Henry. She's saved me from making a fool of myself many a time. It seems that instead of being safely tucked up in St Mary Mead, 
She's at Bentonham Wills and at the right time to be mixed up in a murder. Yes. Once more, a murder is announced for the benefit and enjoyment of Miss Marple. And she's staying at the Royal Spa Hotel. How did you know that? She's written on hotel notepaper. Oh. <laughs> it's the place where the dead man, Rudy Schatz, worked. I'll bet she's onto something. I think a little trip to Medenham Wells is in order, Dermot. Mm. I believe they do an excellent lunch. Of course, I could never afford to stay here myself, but Raymond, my nephew, uh, Raymond West, you may remember him. How could I possibly forget him? Yes, well, apparently his latest book has been a tremendous success and he insisted on giving me a little treat. What exactly is it that you have to tell us, Aunt Jane? Well, I think it might be better if we were to find somewhere a little less public. I've taken care of that. The manager has given us a private room. It was a cheque. He altered it. You mean really shirts? The man who staged the hold-up? Yes, I have it here. It came this morning with my others from the bank. There. You can see it was for seven pounds, and he altered it to seventeen. Mm. Really very neatly done. A certain amount of practice, I would say. You're quite right, of course. Apparently he had a criminal record in Switzerland. The difficulty is that it simply doesn't make sense. How do you mean? Surely. Here is a personable young man who filches a little bit here and a little bit there, alters a small cheque or takes a little bit from the till, just enough to give him the money to dress well and take a girl out, and then suddenly he goes off with a revolver and holds up a room full of people and shoots at someone. He would never have done a thing like that, not for one moment. You think that someone may have put him up to it? I know someone did. But how can you be sure? He was going out with a little red-haired waitress from the dining room. Myrna Harris. Oh, you've spoken to her, have you? And what did she tell you? That he talked big. How wealthy his people were in Switzerland, but he never seemed to have any money. Nothing much more than that. <laughs> I'm afraid you don't have my experience in getting people to talk, Dermot. This morning, she brought the breakfast up to my room and there were kippers instead of herrings, and she forgot the milk jug. I could tell she was upset, and so I asked her whether it had anything to do with the young man who'd been involved in the hold-up. And what did she tell you? Apparently on the night it happened, they had been planning to go to the pictures, but he told her he would have to cancel it. The poor girl was most upset, but he told her that he was going to make a lot of money, and that he would buy her a wristwatch. And then... He showed her the advertisement he'd put in the Gazette. And did he explain to her what it was all about? He said there was going to be a party somewhere, and she was not to tell anyone, but he was going to stage a hold-up. Did he tell her who had put him up to it? He didn't say anything except that it was all going to be a great joke. I shall laugh to see all their faces, he said. Poor devil. He didn't have long to laugh. Something tells me that this is a crime that went terribly wrong. We have to find out what was actually meant to happen, and who is behind it all. In part one of Agatha Christie's A Murder is Announced, Miss Marple was played by June Whitfield. Detective Inspector Craddock, Ian Lavender, 
Sir Henry Clithering, Graham Crowden. Letty Blacklock, Sarah Lawson. Dora Bunner, Judy Cornwall. Colonel Easterbrook, Jack Headley. Laura Easterbrook, Joanna McCullum. Miss Hinchliffe, Elizabeth Bell. Miss Murgatroyd, Alice Arnold. The Reverend Julian Harmon, Yoan Meredith. Bunch Harmon, Molly Gaysford. Patrick Simmons, Jamie Glover. Mitzi, Jenny Funnell. A Murder is Announced is dramatised for radio by Michael Bakewell and directed by Enid Williams. Mystery Radio presentation. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please feel free to like and rate this podcast on your favorite app. Also, there's a Nostalgic Mystery Radio YouTube page for your perusal to subscribe to. You can contact me by emailing me at nostalgicmysteryradio at gmail.com. I hope you have a blessed day or evening. And again, thank you for listening.